Welcome to Throne of Chaos. We are your hosts, Kelsey and Autumn. And today we finally arrived at the final duel, at least part of it, in chapters 45, 46, and 47 of Throne of Glass. As a disclaimer, we do not represent Sarah J. Mass or Bloomsbury Publishing. All opinions and thoughts in this episode are our own. To recap last week's episode, Selena awakes in her bed completely healed with Nehemia sitting nearby in a chair. She decides that since Nehemia saved her, she can come clean about who she really is, and she tells her all about the competition and what she is doing at the castle. Nehemia gives her a name to use when other names grow heavy, Alentia, which means spirit that could not be broken. The next morning, Selena and Kel train, and as they return to her rooms, they pass by the king, and Selena has a very strong visceral reaction to him. And then we learn that everyone in his traveling party died and Kale wasn't given any information, even though he is the captain of the guard. So chapter 45 starts with Selena and Knox are sparring as they prepare for the final test before the duel. Selena kept her distance from Kane, but watched every move he made. She studied his muscles, his height, his girth, all strength stolen from the dead champions. She studied the black ring on his finger and wondered if it had somehow had a connection to his stolen abilities. He didn't act surprised to see her when she entered the hall earlier. He just shot her a taunting smile. So Selena's instincts about the ring having a connection to things with Kane were on point. And then she later on wonders about like right after this, she also wonders how did he learn how to summon the Ritterac and like where that blackness that appeared when the Ritterac was summoned, what it was. And the more I think about anything that's like a vow connection makes me just excited for Hofast to just learn how or if the Val, Gasteri, and Daglin might be connected or if only two of them are connected and which two and I just want to know more about the history of these beings and the worlds that they originated from. Mm-hmm. I definitely want some background of well, the, I know the that... other worlds, the Valg world, the Asteria home world. I want the more the more background info on all that for sure. I definitely think that is going to be a part of it in Hofast. And I know that in one of the interviews, Sarah was like, Hofast is just like reveal after reveal after reveal. And I'm so ready. (laughs) One, I'm ready for the book overall, but I'm just ready for like myself to just be shot the entire time. The thing with the Ritterac I was thinking about, is it just like a species or is it just like one thing? Like, could he potentially summon another Ritterac? And I wonder Mm -hmm. if he was sad that she killed the one. We don't see the Ritterac show up again I feel like they're a type of being so they're Mm -hmm. like probably was at some point more of them Mm -hmm. but maybe like kind of like the surreal their numbers have dwindled because we learned like the surreal is a type of being they came from another world we only ever saw the same one so I don't know of the crystallis demons in there yes they're like a race. They're like a type of demon, type of being. And yeah, you can kill one, but you technically can summon more. It's not like there's like hundreds of them. I don't know. Maybe there are, but yeah, I, I just had that one thought and I just was wondering about the Ritterac and if Kane was pissed that she killed it and, or if he just didn't need it anymore. So he just didn't care. 
I have a feeling he was probably pissed, but he didn't want her to know that he was pissed Mm because he knew that would feed into making her feel better. So I think he just liked to mess with her, acted like it didn't bother him and like was messing with her. Knox comments on the new scars on her hand. You told me to stay in my rooms the other night and those scars look like bite marks. They say Varen and Xavier were killed by animals. You know something, he accuses. She glances over her shoulder at Kane and tells Knox that if he were smart, he would get out of this castle. If I didn't have any other choice but to be here, if it wasn't between this and death, I would be halfway across Aurelia by now and not looking back. Knox doesn't understand why Jewel Thief wouldn't have a choice and Selena watches him try to put the pieces together. He figures out that she wasn't just in the town of Endovir, but a slave in the mine. Would I have known your name before? Would I have heard that you were shipped to Endovir? He asked. She replied, yes. Everyone heard when I went in. He took a step back. You're a girl? Surprising, I know. Everyone thinks I'm older. And you can either be the king's champion or go back to Endovir? That's why I can't leave and why I'm telling you to get out of the castle while you can. I think this little section just kind of proves how smart Knox is and also how like observant he is because we know she has lots of scars and like she holds on to her scars but for him to be able to just notice an addition to the scar and work out in his head like oh you weren't at Endovir like you were in in the town yeah she tells him that the bite mark is from a creature that she can't even begin to describe He doesn't have to believe her, but he isn't going back to prison if he fails. And he isn't going to be the champion, even if he makes it to the duels. So he needs to leave. All this time, I thought you were some pretty girl from Belhaven who stole duels to get her father's attention. Little did I know the blonde-haired girl was queen of the underworld. Thank you for warning me. She says he was the only one who ever bothered to take her seriously. Do me a favor. Rip Kane's head off, he whispered. Early that night, Knox slipped out of the castle without a word to anyone. One, I want to know how he got out of the castle. Does he have a hidden escape tunnel like she has? Or did he just kind of like waltz out the front door? I don't think he actually waltzed out the front door, but I'm very, I just want a Knox novella. Yeah. (laughs) I know like not very many people are interested in him, but I just want to know how we, one, how he became who he is as a, is he a thief? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. So he's used to sneaking in and out of places yeah. easily. But like, how did he become a thief? How did he get picked up by whoever his sponsor was? And then like, how did he end up in the position we find him in later on in the series? So like, I want the story of Knox. I know he comes in later on, but I feel like it's a little underdeveloped later. Like I thought he would play like a bigger role. I know he's in this and then he's, I, is it not till Kingdom of Ash, right? Um, or is it Empire of Storms? I can't remember if it's Empire Storms when she. I can't remember she, if she doesn't. Empire I don't Storm. think she meets him till she comes back in Kingdom of Ash. But he already I, yeah. came. I think. Don't quote us on this. It's been a while, and we're so like. And I'm still in the middle of, of my yeah. I'm still yeah. in the middle of my reread, and I just can't. But I he does come back and he helps, but it's just like. Something about just underplayed to me. Like, I just feel like it should have been bigger or something. This guy from Terrison that she helped out in the very first book, I just feel like it should have been bigger. But, I mean, 
out of all the things we didn't get, I'm not as concerned about that, but yeah, it's not super high on my priority list of things I would love from Sarah, Mm -hmm. but it is on my list of things I would love from Sarah. Like if she needs things to write, extra content, (laughs) if she needs ideas, yeah, Knox, I want to know just because I'm interested. And then another thing is Selena gets another name. So, so far she is Aelin Ashifer Galathinius, even though we don't know that. She's Selena Sardothian. She's Otterlin's assassin. She's Lillian Gordania. She's Alintia. And now she's queen of the underworld. I think that's all. I, I think, think I haven't missed one yet. My favorite so far is queen of the underworld. I just think it sounds so cool. <laughs> I was like, I would want that title, Queen of the Underworld. It just sounds actually, actually, my favorite is Fire Breathing Bitch Queen. Oh yeah, we're yeah, we're just not there yet. But we're yeah. not there yet. <laughs> but of the name she has so far, Queen of the Underworld is is yeah. a very good one. Yeah, we'll get to the Fire Breathing yes. Bitch Queen. We'll get there, but that was iconic moment too. That one yeah. is <laughs> iconic. So then the chapter switches to Caltain's POV, which I just want to throw this out here. This scene right here with her is one of my favorite plot moments of this. We didn't know what we were reading in this. Yes. And then we're like, oh, now that makes sense. As a first read, it's like so interesting. And then as a second read, like it makes so much more sense. The first read, we're like, dang, this girl is high as a kite. And then the second read, you're like, oh, yeah, make that's what's going on. So, Caltain is walking through the castle, headed to dinner in the Great Hall with Duke Parrington. She'd smoked opium pipe, which she normally wouldn't have done before such a public meal, but it had not improved her headache. She approaches Kane in the hallway. Shadows seem to leak from him, flowing onto the stones and the windows and the walls like spilled ink. Each step brought him closer, made him bigger and taller, and her heartbeat thundered in her ears. Perhaps the opium had gone bad. Perhaps she'd smoked too much this time. Amid the pounding in her ears and head, the whispering of wings filled the air. In the space between blinks, she could have sworn she saw things swooping past him in swift, vicious circles, hovering about him, waiting, waiting, waiting. It took a while for the sound of flapping wings to fade, but by the time she reached the Duke's table, she'd forgotten all about it. One. Waiting is three times. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Just like to point out threes because Sarah loves her threes and her sevens and her eights and her sixes. All her numbers. And then my brain, because it hates me, was like, oh, I wonder if the shadows are like the ones Rune has or the ones like As. Immediately hated the thought and then was like, uh, no, not at all. Because it's definitely not described the same. But I also think the shadows that was coming out of him was the darkness of the Valve world. Mm Mm-hmm. And so because she was so high on opium and she has magic, she mm-hmm. was able to kind of like peer through the veil yeah. kind of situation, I guess would be the way to describe it and see the in-betweens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think her being on drugs is like mm-hmm. a, a poison the same way Selena's poison. She can see that like in-between world of the spiritual realm all that that's going on yeah on top of the physical realm yeah. and I think she can see that one she's magical in her bloodline she's magical but two the I feel like the drugs enhance that mm-hmm. and I feel like it is because he's using all of this dark power 
he's collected all of this power from the champions. I feel like it's just like lingers on him like an aura, like the same way Selena feels this reaction to the king. The same, like it's the same with Kane, and you just can't see it because you're not looking for it or you're not yes. on drugs or <laughs> poisoned, but he's got yes. this around him. It's just like feeding off of him. Plus yes. he wears the ring and I feel mm. like, you know, that's kind of the same. It's the word stone. It's the same type of yeah reaction to it. Yeah. I definitely think that you have to have magic in your bloodline to be able to like peer through, mm-hmm. but I definitely think drugs or like being poisoned kind of like lowers that barrier mm-hmm. and lets people with magic kind of be able to see especially with the towers up at this time like we know the word weren't magic and all that's outside of the towers outside of that type of magic mm-hmm. so I feel like it suppresses it especially for everyone else who's not magical to be able to see that yeah definitely and then I know that in Crown of Midnight Caltain mentions that she keeps hearing like wings, like the constant sounds of flapping wings. And Selena thinks this to mean like, oh, they talked about wings being heard around the um White Fang Mountains. And so then you're kind of like led to believe that it's the Wervens that she's mm-hmm. hearing. But I actually think it's kind of like the beings that she's seeing right now sweeping around him and the beings that end up attacking Selena mm-hmm. like in this moment I think that's what she's actually hearing yeah because it I mean and also it could be in an earlier episode Selena kind of has this vision mm-hmm. and we're like is it happening now is she like reliving it through Elena what's going kind of going on and I think yeah with that presence of mind it could be of her reminiscing or having a vision or a premonition or something about that moment of the final duel like as she's sleeping she has all of these visions and she doesn't even know she just thinks it's nightmares when she wakes up from it so that could very really be you know some type of vision that she's having because with her magic that she has with Duke Parrington's influence on her is he I feel like you would have to give off something or maybe she Mm -hmm. like is in his mind or he imparts some of what's going on to her I don't know this is all speculation but yeah just thoughts and then it switches back to Selena's POV after dinner Selena and Dorian are playing chess in her rooms she examined him and couldn't see any resemblance to his father she could only see kindness and intelligence and a tad bit of arrogance she wants to tell him about Cain and the power of the word marks and the word gates, but she knows she cannot. Dorian goes to ask Selena if she's okay when she surges forward to kiss him. Her fingers tangle in his hair, and as he kissed her fiercely, she let everything fade away. So I think it's important at this moment that she looks at Dorian trying to find the connections between him and his father. She couldn't see anything, and I think it's important to note that, like, Dorian is so incredibly different from like everyone else in his family and basically the opposite of like the Falg in the type of person that he is. Later the clock chimed 3 a.m. Selena sat on her bed after hours of kissing and talking. Dorian had only left minutes before. The smart thing would have been to ask Dorian to stay but the thought of him getting hurt if Kane or the Red Eye came made her let him go. 
She shouldn't have left Damaris in the tomb, but it was too dangerous to go down there again. She thinks that Kane must have learned of the word marks in the White Fang Mountains, the cursed borderland between Otterlin and the Western Waste. They said the evil still crept out of the ruins of the Witch Kingdom, and that the old women with iron teeth still wandered lonely roads in the mountain passes. If Selena can just stay alive until the duels, she'd defeat Kane, and this would all be over. Unless Selena had something else, something bigger in mind. Okay, one. Elena definitely has something bigger. This is child's play. This is Selena. step one of her plan. Yeah. Also, just realizing that her talking about the witch kingdom was like foreshadowing us actually getting to meet a witch in Crown of Midnight. Also, too, though, she says the old women with iron teeth. And then we meet Baba Yellowlegs and she's old. So then when we meet Manon in the 13, we're like, oh, I mean, technically they're over 100 years old. But they're but they don't young compared at, to these yeah. old old women. So it is shocking. I wonder if she even thought that they could be young or look young. Yeah, which, which I think Manon says she looks in her 20s after mm. magic had disappeared. Prior to that, she'd only look 16. Yeah. So. And then Selena has also been wiping off the word marks under her bed. And I just feel so bad for Nahivia, who had to constantly sneak back into Selena's room to crawl under her bed and redraw these word marks to protect Selena. And I think that she should have just sat her down sooner and been like, okay, dummy, these are to protect you. Can you please stop wiping them up? Because it's really tedious to get under your bed and draw these so precisely so that they don't get you killed. And while they're having this little heart to heart earlier, it's like, she knows she did magic. She knows it was word marks on her own on her arms. Like she we knows know Nahina Nahina isn't yeah. word marks. So like she didn't have to explain the whole grand plan that she sent there by Elena, but she could have been like, Hey, I do know word marks. Obviously, I just saved your life. Like I do know these, I'm putting these here to protect you. I'm trying to help you here. Instead, she's just, like, sneaking in there while Selena's out and, like, crawling, a princess crawling under the bed yeah. and chalk and drawing these word marks. The communication in this is just... Terrible. Terrible, terrible communication skills. So much could be solved if people just speak to each other. Honestly, Selena slash Aelin has terrible communication skills. She doesn't ever tell anyone the plan, really. Right. Yeah. She'll tell, like, one, she tells, like, Lysandra, because, like, Lysandra's literally, like, the main person helping her with her plan. And she's like, all right, what do you want? We'll go with it. I don't yeah. care what you ask She's of like, me, oh, you it. want me to shift into you? Okay, cool. She's the best friend where you're like, what's that movie scene where he's like, the town. Yeah, he's like, who's call we taking? <laughs> Need your help. I can't tell you what it is. You can never ask me about it later, and we're going to hurt some people. Who's call we going to take? That's Lysandra. And I would like to right think there. that I'm that friend too. Oh yeah, but also it's that I'm probably that friend because I was raised on Dixie Chicks and yeah. like Earl's got to die. Like my best friend called and said, "Hey, my husband's been beating me." I'd be like, "Homie, I got 300 acres in the middle of Georgia, <laughs> and I know we could find a gator or two. We're not endorsing murder here. We're not endorsing murder. <laughs> FYI, we wouldn't actually, I would actually do this." But the Dixie Chicks did train every girl in the South who listened to her at the age of like six and seven, that if a man beats your best friend, you poison him with black eyed peas and then you find a pond to put him in. 
Selena is dreaming of a younger version of herself running through the woods, thinking that she has she must reach the bridge. It couldn't cross the bridge. She fell, slamming into the ground. The sound of the approaching demon filled the air as she struggled to rise, but the mud held fast and she could not run. So we don't know it yet, but this, well, we're rereading, so we do know it. The first read, you don't know it yet, but this is the flashback to the night that Marion Locken mm-hmm. sacrifices herself so that Aelin could escape mm-hmm. from being murdered. So I also think it's almost interesting because we don't get the full story of everything that happened and the fact that Aelin basically died until Elena, like, put essence into reviving her. And so, like, you could really say that Aelin died on that night and that, yeah. like, a new being was born. Like, even her, she don't know that she she died. She, does, yeah, she doesn't know until, I think it's when her and Manon go into the mirror. The mirror, which mirror? Mm-hmm. In Prime um, in yeah. Storms. So I think it's very interesting that, like, from book one, we kind of get little snippets of this mm-hmm. moment. And then in Air of Fire, we get kind of the whole story. And then in Empire Storms, we actually get, like, the whole The moment. grand scheme, the big yeah. picture. Mm-hmm. Selena awoke with a grasp. She must have dozed off sometime in the night. She clutched the amulet, running her thumb over the stone in the center. Dawn was near. She had survived the night. A few hours later, the news of Nock's departure spread, and she received notice that the last test had been canceled. The final duel would take place the next day. Chapter 46 starts in Dorian's point of view. Dorian needed to come hunting today. He couldn't get her face out of his head. She haunted his thoughts, made him want to do grand and wonderful things in her name, made him want to be a man who deserved to wear a crown. Even though she had kissed him, he was unsure of her feelings for him. He had gone too far. He shouldn't have kissed her, because now he couldn't imagine being with anyone else, wanting anyone else. I think it's interesting to note in this moment, he does see a stag. And then mm-hmm. he starts thinking about Selena dueling tomorrow and the harm that could come to her. And he puts his bow down and doesn't fire. I think this is a moment where Sarah was like sneaking in ways of foreshadowing Selena being Aelin. On a reread, you can catch kind of those like really subtle ones that she mm-hmm. snuck in there, kind of like the stag and then his thoughts leading to Selena. Also, I find it funny that he's like, he couldn't imagine being with anyone else, wanting anyone else. Okay. In Air Fire, we get Sorsha. And then we turn around in Queen of Shadows, we meet Manon. And then in Empire Storms, we start some sort of relationship with Manon. And then we really commit to some sort of relationship with Manon in Kingdom of Ash. And then she gets on her warven and flies off. And yeah. was like, see you later, maybe. If I had one bone to pick, it's that bone. I don't need to know what Lorcan did. I'm fine. Whatever. Go a lead. Have fun. Whatever went on. <laughs> I want to know, do we have a witch queen? I want to know, do we have a witch queen? How are they ruling from two different places? How are we making this relationship work? Because this relationship is going to work, okay? Mm-hmm. They're meant to be together. They're mates. <laughs> they are going to be forever. And Mad Schofield, your drawing of Dorian dying and Manon being alive. That took everyone and, out. And baby, and baby Dorian being there crying up. No. Yeah. No. I refuse to accept that yeah. reality. That's not what happened. 
he is all or nothing for each person he's with at that yes moment. yes he was he's like, like this... I don't see anyone else but you okay I can't have you anymore okay now you <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh my dad killed you we love okay. a loyal king he is anything if not loyal I'm so ready for Queen of Shadows when she's like, what color do you bleed? And he's like, I'll bleed whatever color you tell me. I'm like, this man is sold out for any female that he desires. Like, he's a like one woman at a time kind of man, mm-hmm. which is fine. But he is like 100%. He's like, oh, you want me to walk off a cliff for you? Okay, see ya. He needed to find himself. And each. in that, find Manon. Like, they yes. just, I love them. Yeah, I think each relationship fit who he was at that time side note do we ever get Hale's thoughts pov regarding dorian and Manon? i need that scene when he's just busted his butt to like save dorian you know <laughs> trying to control all of his actions and then dorian's like i'm with this witch and kale being like what and Manon standing there with her like iron can you imagine iron nails Kale talking to Manon the way he talks to Selena Aylin. He's gutted. He's gutted. And he he don't have anyone to blame but himself. Yeah, I need his POV of him realizing Dorian and Manon are together. Because just to, to, anytime I want to be in Kale's head is in that moment. I want it so bad (laughs) now. Okay, that's moving to the, that's moving just under a Dorian Manon novella. Yeah. in the middle of that novella, we need a flashback bonus scene of Kel in his POV finding out that Dorian is with Manon. Then we switch into Selena's point of view. Selena stood before her balcony overlooking Rifthold. The snow-covered roofs and twinkling lights would be beautiful if she didn't know what corruption and filth dwelt within. She hoped Knox made it far away. Tomorrow she would duel Kane. She had never dueled him in practice. While he was stronger, he wasn't as fast as her. She wonders if it would be more honorable to fall in the duel than return to Endovier, or would it be more honorable to die in the duel instead of becoming the king's champion? She wonders who he would have her killed. As Otterless assassin, she had a say. Even with Arabin running her life, she still had a say on the job she took. No children and no one from Terrison. But the king could tell her to kill anyone. Did Elena expect her to say no to him as the king's champion? Now isn't the time to think of this. She had to focus on defeating Kane, except all she could think about was the half-starved, hopeless assassin who had been dragged out of Endovier by a snarling captain of the guard. She thinks that perhaps she wanted to stay here for a reason other than her eventual freedom, and that would make tomorrow so much harder. So I think that one of, I think it's very telling that one of her biggest worries about being attached to the king was that he can make her kill someone from Terrison or make her go against the line she was unwilling to cross. Mm-hmm. Even though we're in Crown of Midnight, she literally kills no one that yeah. he tells her to kill. Which I love all those scenes. And I love how like disgusted Kill is during all that. And he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's killing people. And I'm like, dude, you broke her out of prison to literally do this. Like you knew this was the plan the whole time. Did you forget the original plot? What happened? Where did you go? Did you like start gallivanting in this romantic idea that you were going to change her and make her not an assassin? Like it's okay for you to follow out the king's orders when you have to do it, but when she has to do it, she should defy your king. I'm a little confused. 
And then he gets mad at her for not killing everyone, but he's also mad at her for killing everyone. Dude, pick a side. Yeah, pick a side and stay there. Like, I would have more respect for you if exactly. you're just like always one way but then you like flip-flop and then you get mad she can never win with you because you like are either mad about her killing or she should have killed like I'm just a little confused but <laughs> off of that little rant yes she as an assassin that's what you do you kill for money and for almost 10 years that's what she did but in that she still had a say in who she killed she like you said she had a line she didn't want to cross. She had in some autonomy and she tried to keep what little bit of herself, her values, her morality that she could. And she knows that with the king, he doesn't have those same lines. Even as awful as Arabin was, he still kind of respected her a little bit with not making her have to kill every single person. She could had to say what job she took and she mm-hmm. doesn't know if she can live with being that person for the king. Then into chapter 47, we start with Caltaine. Caltaine pulled her red cape tighter around herself, wondering why the duel had to take place outside. She fingered the vial in her hand and glanced at the goblets on the wooden table. The one on the right was for Sardothian. She looked at Duke Parrington. He had no idea what she would do once Sardothian was out of the way, once Dorian was free again. Parrington walked over to her, blocking her view from the other council members as she poured the poison in Selena's goblet. Selena appeared in the doorway flanked by guards. She wore men's clothes, though Caltaine was forced to admit that her black and gold jacket was a fine make. When Duke Parrington's champion appeared, she wondered how they could possibly think Sardothian could defeat him without being drugged. I just wanted to take one little moment of silence for Caltaine because this is one of the last moments she's free. Like yes. Her whole life is about to change and not in a good way. Like She's so naive to the plot that she was thrust in and manipulated into doing and it just all goes downhill from here for her she gets her comeuppance so she gets her revenge she does she she shows up and shows out when it's her moment to shine but yeah I definitely she was just such a young girl who, who thought that she was outsmarting all these evil men and she just learned a very hard lesson in the fact that like, she was being used. Like mm-hmm. she was a she's a tool. She was just there for a purpose that she didn't realize. She thought that she'd like worked her way towards her dream of being like a princess. And instead she got thrown in a prison, possessed by a vow, yeah. eats the vow, blows up a castle. The story so. has a lot of women used for evil use that they have no say in mm-hmm. Caltaine we know her story Selena is used all these years as an assassin then she's used as this tool to send all of these god and goddesses back to their world like they never have any say over their lives mm-hmm. Lysandra she's a courtier against her will a lead mm-hmm. and it and it is it's all these women and they do come back in such a strong way of despite what's happened to them Mm-hmm. And I think that's so strong for the story, for women in the story. Yeah. I love and that. And then even, even Manon with the even way Manon, yeah. the, her grandmother had raised her and mm-hmm. like set her up to kill basically her own kin without knowing it. Right. She wasn't supposed to love and yeah, she ends up being the one to unite the witch kingdoms. Yeah. All the women in the story for sure. 
have all, all have that in common. Mm-hmm. We're back into Selena's point of view. Selena couldn't see the point in having the duel outside, apart from making the champions more uncomfortable. Even though her jacket was lined with rabbit fur, it wasn't enough to keep her warm. When she asked Kale about it, he told her they didn't know. The king only decided just now. She looked to Kane, who was leaning against the clock tower. He was wearing the red and gold garb of a member of the royal guard, the wyvern emblazoned across his broad chest. The sword at his side was beautiful, a gift from Duke Parrington. She wondered if the Duke knew where his champion's power came from. Why did he, the king, all of a sudden change? Well, let's do this outside in the clock tower portal gate thing. Like, why didn't he, from the beginning, decide this? I wonder what conversation he had with Duke Parrington or, like, I wonder what changed it. Or maybe it was to plan the whole time and they just didn't. Right. He just kept it from him. Tell anybody. He's very forthcoming. Yes. Yes. But also, Selene is just still thinking Kane's acting alone. She never suspects. She doesn't like Duke Parrington. And she just, her and Dorian both just never suspect him all along. He's done his job so well. She's like, I wonder, I wonder if, you know, he knew where Kane was doing this and doing that. It's like, girl, he's in on it. He's leading it. It's mm-hmm. like, how was, how would Kane keep this from him? I think on Selena's side, the reason that she like has blinders on to this of like trying to make Kane act alone is because once she defeats Kane, then the problem's gone. Like if someone else is involved, then the problem's still there, even though she defeated Kane. Mm-hmm. So I think in her brain, she was like, I just want, and I want to be away from this plot. I don't want to be drugged into a world-saving plot. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, if I just defeat Kane, mm-hmm. then it's over. Then I win. Evil's gone. And right. there's nothing else I have to do. Because she's, I feel like she knows this whole time that she's made four bigger things. And like, she's going to have to do more difficult things than she's already faced. And I think this yeah. was just like her holding on to hope that like, once this is all over, she can just escape to a quiet life. And then she, she gets no quiet life yeah. at all. I agree. Yeah. Also, I like that take on it. How in the world does nobody see a group of people fighting in the courtyard? That part always bugs me because they're like, oh, nobody knows about this king's contest. Okay, but how does nobody know about this king's contest? Because y'all are literally fighting in the courtyard and you invited Nehemia and Caltaine. Like, and servants got to see and they're going to yeah. talk. That's like the easiest way for information to be spread. Yeah. Yeah. Selena notes Lords Horizon and Garnell who two years ago had separately hired her to kill the same man. She hadn't bothered to tell them and accepted the payment from both. Dorian gave her a grim smile from where he stood near his father and the other council members. Nehemia came to stand at the sidelines of the large white circle. She carried her wooden staff, Selena realized, to honor her, a fellow warrior acknowledging another. I love, love, love the shock on people's face when they realize Selena's a young girl woman. Mm-hmm. Like, her name is so infamous throughout the kingdom, the continent, that when they figure out it's her, like, the look on these two lords' faces, like, they're terrified. Also, I think it's hilarious that she took both of their money to kill the same man. <laughs> she was girl bossing in that moment. She's right. like, oh, you both, you both want me to kill? Okay. Yeah. I will not tell you about the other, and I'll collect all the money. Exactly, because like, if they're going to be bad people and hire someone to kill someone else, if that's your morals, like, why would she be the honorable one if they aren't? Dude, you're hiring me to murder you. 
you both are like, you're not honorable. Why would I be like, oh, actually someone already did it. So you don't have to pay me. Like, no, thank you. Girl's going to get her bag. Mm -hmm. The king rises and explains the rules. They win only by trapping their opponent in a position of sure death, going no further. Kane and Renault will duel first, followed by Selena and Grave. The winner of each duel will face each other in a second round. For a moment, she saw the king would start clarity. He was just a man, a man with too much power, and for a heartbeat, she did not fear him. I will not be afraid, she vowed. Ironically, he's not just a man, but whatever I, she has to tell herself. But he's also not the most he's powerful. also not a bad king either. Yeah. Also, the I will not be afraid line, after you read Assassin's, Assassin's Blade, Blade, like every time mm-hmm. it's like a dagger to your heart. I'm like, yeah, Sarah, stop. Yeah. And then she takes that line and she like, changes it a little bit and puts it in crescent city and then you get my friends are with me i'm not afraid stop with the i'm not afraid out every time for real i'm like just here sarah just take it yeah you don't know in in tog why she says it until you read Mm -hmm. assassin's blade and i will die on the hill of you don't read assassin's blade first yeah you don't read we personally read it after air of fire but i mean some people are die for you to read assassin's way first but it's like watching star wars episode one two and three mm-hmm. first yes it's like i know it comes first but you just don't if you read it first that's totally fine but we didn't and i like it better barely three minutes after the duel started renault was defeated by king across the ring grave smiled at her and she grimaced at his teeth she turns to kel and he offers her his own sword but before she can accept nehemia offers slana her iron tip staff she knew the sword was the wiser choice, but Nehemia whispered, let it be with an ill way weapon that you bring them down. Let the king's champion be one who understands how innocents suffer. She knew what the princess was asking of her. As the king's champion, she might find ways to save countless lives, ways to undermine the king's authority. And that, Selena realized, was what Elena, the king's own ancestor, might want to. Selena gripped the staff and turned to Kale. I want to thank you, she tells him, for making my freedom mean something. He tells her to give him hell, and she enters the ring and faces grave. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into, little man. Earlier, when you mentioned her not wanting to acknowledge other parts of things that she might do, like we know she's already resigned herself. She never wants to be Aelin again. She doesn't Mm -hmm. want to take up her throne. She doesn't want to do that. With Elena coming to her, even the first time, she was like, I don't want to be involved in this. Like, I don't want anything to do with this. It's like she keeps trying to like place things in a box of her life, and she's trying to shove that down. She kills the Ritterac. She thinks that's done. She's like, okay, all I have next is to beat Kane. Once I defeat Kane, all will be fine and dandy. I just have to get through the next four years, and then I can live my life. And then this is a moment where she sees Nehemia. She's you know, has this opportunity to have good come from her being the King's Champion. She mm-hmm. knows what's happening in Ilway, what happened to, she understands everyone's plight. And so this is a, a bigger moment than we realize of her taking this staff and competing with it over the sword, but also mm-hmm. her realizing that, her finally acknowledging that she has a purpose with Elena too, that she can't just put off this princess and it wasn't only just to defeat this Ritter Act, like more was going on in her acknowledging that too. And it's just like in this little, little moment of her, like having clarity of, okay, 
things are going to happen and I'm going to have to take up my mantle on this. To recap this episode, Knox figures out who Selena is and heeds her warning to leave the castle, which causes the final test to be canceled. Caltain has an interesting encounter with Kane. Selena and Dorian kiss in her rooms until the wee hours of the morning and Dorian wrestles with his feelings for her. The final duel has arrived. Caltain spikes Selena's goblet with poison and Kane easily defeats Renault. Kel offers Selena his sword, but she chooses Nehemia's Ilway staff instead and she faces off against Grave. So our next episode will finally be the duel. We're almost to the end. Almost there. The first book. So please don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at Throne of Chaos. So some come say hi. And you can also find us on YouTube at Throne of Chaos Pod. So check us out over there and subscribe. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you.